Hello, and thank you for joining me today on Loyal World Info. Another day of the globe spinning, another day of global news to digest. I offer a sane, rational voice in an insane, rational time. I will be your host, and let's get into today's topics. Oh, and thank you for joining me today. The topics of the day for 4-19-2020. And by the way, I also put timestamps for all these uh, topics of the day so you can skip to the stories that interest you. Look for that in the description. The topics of the day are police assist laborers left homeless, 22-year-old woman strangles her 9-year-old son, Street uh, Walker's Biggest Current Fear, Inspiring People, Believe in Yourself and Happiness, Animal Teachers, The Wild Reclaims the Land, and A Baby Born, China Enters Malaysia Waters, Work from Home Without Child Distractions, Family Law, Implemented with social distancing and e-learning, Harvard classes online, and free school resources online. Stay tuned and let's get into this. Okay. Moving on to the first story of the day. This is the story from Laos. This is police assist laborers left homeless amid the convoy and pandemic. Now, I bring this up because this is a, the second instance of police doing positive good work versus harsh crackdowns on mandatory lockdown laws. I will leave a link above to where the, a different government in Melmar did well at teaching their kids. So look for it up here. All right. Now let's get into this story. Police have offered assistance to a group of day laborers found homeless in Chaogong Park in Vente Capital. The laborers say they have no work, no food, and no home. The, the group consists of workers from Vignette Capital as well as Boxby, Zinghong, Fengji, and Sub Provinces. Living with the group was a woman some seven months pregnant. The woman says she had been employed at a rubber factory at KM52 and now had no place to sleep. The group of homeless people has been meeting at Chaoyong Park every day in the afternoon to receive food and handouts from the charitable members of the public. After police were alerted, the group are take to be taken to a quarantine center and, and set up by a task force committee. There they will be housed and fed. Lao went into full lockdown on March 30th with measures prohibiting all residents to leave their homes except for essential grocery shopping, hospital visits, and other tasks authorized by the government, such as work undertaken by essential workers. Okay, so 
that the reason this brought up to me not only was this a positive i would like to know what positive stories you have about the police officers in your community what are they doing to maintain order and actually good pr public relations furthermore what do we do with all these homeless people you know some places like california washington new york or other big cities around the world they have a, a high a high um homeless population what do you do with these people if they are exposed and they are like walking time bombs where are you going to put them all they won't even put them in jail because jails are releasing people so anyway leave your comments below on what you thought of this article and my request about the police and we will move on to the next story moving on to our second big news story of the day is this one takes place in Japan. Good old Japan. They love writing a crime daily section. All right. A 22-year-old mother arrested for strangling a nine-day-old son. Now, police in Takoshokwa, for uh, Asia preference, said Friday they had arrested a 22-year-old woman on suspicion of killing her nine-day-old son. According to police, Kankyo Sharaka called 119, which is 911 in the West, but 119 in most countries in the world, at around 9.20 a.m. Thursday and said she had strangled her baby boy at their apartment. Shaka Sharon reported the baby was rushed to the hospital where he died about 90 minutes later. Police said Sharaka told them she strangled her baby at around 8 a.m. because he wouldn't stop crying, and she became irritated. Sharaka's husband had left for work at the time of the incident. Now hold on for my thoughts on this. Okay, so the 22-year-old woman who strangled her 9-day-old son. My thoughts. We have seen almost every newspaper worldwide try to promote DV awareness and women and children at risk. A publicity stunt. Yes, it happens, but not to the extent that they are sharing it as. I bring this up. As it is known, women commit almost half of all DV, which is domestic violence, and child abuse physically, emotionally, and even neglect or death. But you won't rarely see this on the news as it doesn't fit in the narrative. A woman must be a victim. Remember just this past few weeks, Johnny Depp, how he, she pooped on his bed and she had his finger cut off. There's so many, so many crimes that women do that, that um, they won't share with us because they, they want to make them a victim to make us feel sorry for them. So I just want to put this everywhere and you guys should look at my domestic violence video if you want my opinion on what the media is saying. I'll put the link up above. And what actions do you, you, do, you do to remain civil when spending more time around your family to keep tensions low? Yes, I know families are together. But guess what? Families were together before the 1960s and even in the 1800s. They lived in much bigger groups. 
So what are you doing to stay calm and to keep the tensions cool? Please leave your comments below. I'd love to hear. Moving on to our third article of the day. And this is about a, a streetwalker's biggest current fear. The streetwalkers in this article will say their biggest fear, I don't want to infect my children, says the sex worker. Sex workers are facing greater health risk and, and violence amid the pandemic and their income is drying up. In countries like India, the situation is so dire that many are turning to unscrupulous uh, money lenders just to buy food. Okay, so this is taking place, this was in the Asia newspaper. And I bring this up again, I try to show all different kinds of uh, workers and how this crisis is impacting them. In this case, they had the same kind of problems back in 2008, not so much for health, but um, when the financial crisis hit in 2008, they had no people buying their services. So they had a decade, uh, but let's keep going. Chi Chi, a mother of two young girls, has been a sex worker in Hong Kong for about four years, but she's now struggling to make ends meet in one of the most expensive cities in the world. Yes, why is she in Hong Kong? I never experienced such poor business, says Chi Chi, who is in her 30s. Since January, when the first case of the virus was discovered in Hong Kong, residents have embraced social distancing with many, many staying in their homes and rarely venturing out. That had led to a dramatic drop in Chi Chi's daily wages. Previously, I could earn about 100, about 1,000 Hong Kong dollars, which is about 130 U.S. dollars a day. Now that I, now I don't have one customer a day. Every day now brings anxiety for Chi Chi. Not only because of money concerns, but also because she knows she's at risk of contracting the disease. Any customer could be infected, and I always worry. I don't want to infect my children, she says. Sex workers like Chi Chi are not only highly exposed to the virus, which has already infected more than 2 million people on a global scale, but because of quarantine and lockdowns measures, they have also limited the access to clinics and support groups that leave them more vulnerable both to sexually transmitted diseases and exploitation. Some have found that clients are increasingly violent while others have resorted to riskier ways of soliciting customers. Due to the loss of income and extreme cases such as in India, where sex workers are taking loans to buy food. I will measure my customers' temperature before entering a room, she says. I also think, I also ask them to wear a mask and wash their hands. If they refuse, to wear a mask, I will ask them to go away. 
Chi Chi was moved from the mainland China to Hong Kong about seven years ago. So what would you mean she was moved? Did she move on her own or does somebody move, does somebody human traffic her? Okay, so she claims, she claims that room, uh, she cleans the room dignitably before and after each encounter. She fears the disease almost as much as she fears being out of work. I also don't want to go to the quarantine center because I will further lose my income, she says. But despite all of the all of the protective measures, CC knows she is putting her life on the line and it is dangerous. It is very high risk. No one to turn to. A spokesperson said uh, sex group workers workers for Hong Kong says that most sex workers have seen their income drastically decreased since last year's anti-government protests broke, well, they broke it up in last year. So the number of Hong Kong protesters for freedom of Hong Kong started last year. So she had many months, almost a year now, nine months to prepare for this. The, the virus crisis has made things worse as many experience further income voluntary for protective times. Some of them are also facing violence from customers. Many clients wear masks and end up stealing property or refusing to pay for services. The women have had a hard time to identify them, says, says support workers, claiming that the response from the police has been slow. Ling estimates that more than 100,000 sex workers in Hong Kong, 90% of them whom hail from mainland China, and the rest come from Southeast Asian countries as well as the European nation. Why did they come here? That's another Because of the limited resources to provide staff and volunteers with masks and other protective gear, Zijiang has reduced outreach victims such as delivering information and condoms to sex workers. Workshops on occasional safety have also been canceled, while the group is no longer providing free medical tests. The government clients have also been closed. The government clinics have been closed. So they are facing increased risk of sexually transmitted diseases. And if they want to check, they can't go anywhere, Lee says. The advocate says this group of women has no one to turn to in Hong Kong. Sex workers are usually ignored by the government. It seems they don't realize that these workers exist in society, she says. Every sector can ask for stipends and allowances, but sex workers can't have the same demand. Also, because sex workers are not willing to come out. Well, if they're not willing to come out, that's the government's fault. Really? Okay. So, sex workers elsewhere in Asia and around the world are struggling with similar issues. In recent weeks, Thailand has barred entry to foreign visitors based on social gatherings, including night curfews and shut, are all shut except for essential shops. Okay, I'm going to stop there, and I want to give you my opinions on this article and a few little more detail. So stay with me. Okay, moving on to my thoughts on the streetwalkers' biggest current fear. Why can't they go online? 
first off, I'm not promoting it, but you do know that there's many e-girls, cam girls, and everything else. So maybe like this girl who's in her 30s, she needs to get with the times and stay safe and indoors at the same time. By the way, I also have a link to uh, Bali Streetwalker Girls up above about how they were having the same kind of issues. So then why can't they move out of the big cities? She says she's in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is one of the most expensive places. And it also says she moved to Hong Kong. Why? Why can't she go somewhere else that's cheaper? Because she wants to live in a high-end place? Well, that's your personal choice. Then why couldn't they find a decent job in good times? First off, in her case, they said last no last June they put they did a crackdown. So what did she do between June and January? Did, could she not get a sewing job? Could she not go to a convenience store? Could she not do something? Did she? So I don't know. Why am I supposed to feel sorry for her now? Uh, as they stated, the crack yeah. So this, the crackdown was before the virus. So do you think the government should offer services? If so, what kind? I mean, we read the article that they did sexual education classes, free condoms and stuff like that. Are there any, are there any kind of services that you think they should offer? If so, what kind? And she says sex workers don't qualify for government stimulus checks. Well, there's many people for, around the world for many stimulus checks that do not qualify to get any help. They had to rely on their own savings. So you really should never rely on the government to help you. If they help you, it's a bonus, but it's not a guarantee. And this girl is in her 30s. What will she, uh, what will she do when she is 40 and no one buys her services? I mean, right? Don't they say... Every girl hits a wall, and there, there will be a time when no one's going to find her services appealing. So what will she do then? So, and what do we do with their children? Do we let them stay stay with her or put them in like a foster home, adoption home, or where are the fathers? I don't know. That's my question to you. What do we do with those kids? Now, what is your opinion on red light districts? You know, like, for example, Ty... I'm not knocking the red light districts. Thailand is a very organized one. And if it makes people happy, that's their freedom to do it, in my opinion. But, um, you know, you're responsible for your own life and your own happiness and the actions you do. And you should think long term instead of day by day. That is my opinion. Have a lifelong plan, not a daily plan. Anyway, leave your thoughts below. I'd love to hear them. Okay, moving on. I want to talk about a, a famous uh, upcoming sports football star, or soccer in America, and a singer and their music, and how they are the people of today. So, the first one takes place about a Vietnamese uh, woman. Happiness smiles on former midfielder Kim Hong. And this, this is who she is, okay? Now... For many footballers, success on the pitch means sacrificing the youth and loved, li loved lives with nights out at bars and cinemas with a date replaced with early morning on the training ground and long, long 
away trips. However, from HCM Ho Chi Minh City, the national team midfielder was a success on the pitch and in love. For, for a female player, getting married seems to be a normal, but it's always our desire because not everyone can experience the happiness of being in a couple, said Hong, uh, as well as getting trophy ha hong came away from her time in a beautiful game with the happy family i'm happy with my small family we will welcome our youngest boy next month said hong now the reason i bring this up is i i want to say where she came from because because you know in america or in some places they love these grassroots stories like i started with nothing and so versus I had a gold spoon in my mouth at birth like Mitt Romney. Anyway, here we go. Hard childhood. Hong was born in 1985 as a youngster, youngest girl with seven siblings in a poor family in the Ho Chi Minh City. Life in poverty meant Hong's schoolwork was interrupted and everyone had to work to support the family. Hong was no exception. She often helped her mother clean construction sites near her home to earn money. And I can say this is pretty pretty common because I've seen uh, the, the little kids, they will sell coconut drinks, they will sell sandwiches when, or whatever they can do to help their family throughout the day versus being taxied all over town to entertain them. At the age of 13, she became, began her love affair with the beautiful game and would sneak out with her sister to play football. Hong would even cycle an hour from home, her home to Tao Tao Sports Center in District 1. Actually, a very nice, very nice place. Hong was small but had stamina, speed, and could easily strike the ball like a seasoned pro. After showing her talent, she was selected to the women's football gifted class. Nice. I selected this girl, and I believed that she would one day show her talent, said the former head coach of HCM women's football team. However, Hong's mother was furious when she discovered that Hong ran away from home to play football, as she thought. There was no way she could earn a living playing football, so she forbade her from playing. Scarred, but curious, Hong continued to pursue football, hiding her passion from her mother. In 1998, when I started my career, I was given some money by my coaches, and for the first time, I sent 500,000 dong to my parents. They were very happy, said Hong. At the age of 17, Hong made it to the to HCM City's first team and solidified her spot on the right wing and won the 2002 National Sports Games and with, uh, games with her side. A year later, Hong was called up to the national team and quickly became a star. As her, her achievements, football gave me a lot of things I never imagined when I started the game. I won three gold medals, one silver medal, and a bronze medal at the Southeast Asian Games, as well as dom domestic prizes, said Hong.
Okay, so I wanted to stop there. So here's my question for you. What, what hobby or type of music um, do you, did your parents think you can like the hobby, but it will never, never generate money? So what, what, what did you have to do to prove to your parents that what I like will make money? That's the question I want to know about this girl here. Stay with me. I have one more story to share about a person's other week. My other person of the week is about music. The singer inspired audiences with traditional music and culture. The singer is Hong Min, who she made history by winning four awards, including Singer of the Year at the 15th De Devotion Music Awards. She takes, well, she talks to men behind the curtain. Okay. So I'm going to read a little bit about this, and then I want you to get your opinion. Okay, so during the award ceremony last week, Hong Thin, uh, she won a Song of the Year award and Best Music Video, and her album, Phoenix, picked up Album of the Year by, yeah, was composed by DTAP about a young girl who loves freedom and doesn't want to get married at a young age. The lyrics are funny and inspired by lis listeners to sing along. The song Hong was one her pro producers, the producer of the year. All right. So the reason I brought this up is that to me, international music has always sounded weird and um, odd. And so I wanted to share, since she did such a good job, a small video clip with you of her music. So let's now on to the heroes of today, my favorite time of the day. And today's heroes are simply those who are saying thank you messages to foreign nationals. Many times we are already hearing about people giving thank yous to first frontline workers like medical staff and police. Other times we're hearing thank you workers to essential jobs, you know, baggers, grocery workers. But this particular group has um, not been noticed. And what I mean by foreign nationals, all around the world, People are being are stuck away from their home country. It could be they're in Europe, they're in China, they're in Vietnam, they're in America. But the governments are trying to recall all these people to go home to where they can be safe. Not mandatory it, but they're, they're doing that. The big problem is because of this outbreak, many countries have closed their borders, closed plane, plane tickets, and people could not extend their visas or whatnot. So they're technically potentially illegal. And some places were even scalping tickets or processing fees. So this article made the newspaper today, and I wanted to share with you. This took place in the Vietnam newspaper to the people that uh, who have delayed their visa extensions or have problems doing that. So foreign nationals have extended thank yous to Vietnam for keeping them safe and appreciated the nation's effort to continuing the Conoid virus. 
to all the doctors, nurses, and military police officers and volunteers. We thank you for making the ultimate sacrifice to keep us safe. Awesome. Vietnam, we thank you, is a campaign initiated by a couple days ago by Wayne Wild, an English teacher who is living in Vietnam for 10 years. Wild, age 54 and 25 foreigners, sent thanks to Vietnam health workers, military and people, police forces, and volunteers for their great efforts in the front lines against the virus. Awesome couple there. Thank you for keeping us safe. Wooly said he spent time staying at home to read the news about Vietnam's efforts in the fight. He got married to a Vietnamese woman and had a had, they have three children. He wishes to do something for Vietnam and called his friends to join this campaign, which has been widely recognized. Thank you to Vietnamese healthcare workers for the great efforts. Yes, and I'm so proud of the nurses I trained. The respondents came will come from various countries like the UK, the US, Germany, South Africa, Portugal, India, Latiria, among others. The majority of them are living in Hanoi or Ho Chi Minh City, Baklu or Bentre. Thank you for your continuous sacrifices and your bravery and your altruism. We really appreciate you and your efforts. Vietnam, Portugal. Cool. Because of your strength, I was fearless. Humbly thankful, grateful, thank, humbly am grateful and thankful to you. Awesome. The above South Africa woman wrote that because of your strength. I was fearless, humbly thankful, and grateful. I love it. Look at that. Giving away food. Wellard said he has been at home for the past 12 weeks and stayed away, awake until 5 or 6 a.m. to carry out his campaign with an aim to call the people to recognize their nationalities and stay united. Thank you for all taking care about the about our health, keeping us safe. Great people, great country, Vietnam. Colin, yeah, Col means have. Nice. Oh wow, here we go. <laughs> yeah, look at that. All right. Look at all these happy people. There's no fear. There's no sadness here. These are all grateful people expressing their happiness. You know what? You guys can do this back home with your country, with your frontline workers. Some of you are trying to say we should give our, our frontline workers higher wages or whatever. I try telling people that's not the answer. Something like this will go much further. Dang. All right. To those of you who continue to go out to work to provide the essential services that, so that we need to stay safe, Thank you. Nice. Thank you, Vietnam. Hey, all you that you have done done is a blessing. We are your we are forever thankful. Come on. Yeah, come on means thank you. Vietnam. Yep. All right. So that that is my heroes of today. What do you think? 
about these 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 people. Now, this is my question for you. Mm, what? Uh, yeah, my question for you is: Have you ever received help from a stranger? If so, what and how did you react or show thanks afterwards? That is my question for you. Please leave your comments below. I really want to hear. And I want you to share your story. Okay. Moving on to our next story of the day. A baby rhino born in the middle of COVID-19. Now, meet Winnie. Aw, the latest addition to the herd of rhinos in Vinpearl Safari, Pakwan. Vinpearl Safari, by the way, is by Nantrong, a coastal city in Vietnam. Winnie was born on a slap bang in the middle of the virus pandemic, which is why her name was chosen. All right, so positive remark here, and I want to try to show the video for you. So let's see if we can watch this little like two minute video together, okay? Was so cute. Now, we're moving on to our second animal article of the day. Nature welcomes the change with no tourist wildlife returns to California's Yosemite. For those who do not know, Yosemite is a national park in California and pretty much the most beautiful one in all the U.S. A bear ambles across the forest glades and a herd of deer stroll along the silent road at Yosemite National Park in Northern California. As the virus uh, restricts the amount of people in the wildlife. Now, I want to bring this up because even in Asia, they've been posting articles like this recently that uh, many wildlife were seen on the road, or like there were some deers on the road, some monkeys in the trees. So it's nice to see it's, it's kind of going global. And so, what I wanted to do. Is it's very rare, it's very quiet right now in the park. Yosemite, the president said, it's as it's an amazing scene to where you ha hear nature's sounds of the river, its wildlife, and the birds. The wildlife is getting a bit, a little bit bolder now because there are far fewer people. Yosemite, one of the Best known national parks in the United States has been closed due to the the outbreak, except for a few employees and local residents since March 20. In response to the, the public health emergency. All right. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to show you this little video clip. Okay. In our last pets article today, it's about pets in prison. The rescue dogs teaching California inmates trust and responsibility many of you may uh, wonder what why am i reading a a u.s paper this actually was printed in the guardian so this guardian is not from the u.s so the good deeds that they have done made it international so bright rescue dogs and prisoners to, together in a remarkable pro rehabilitation program in California is helping inmates learn valuable lessons. On an idyllic sun-drenched day in California, I find myself in jail 
But unlike the 5,000 or so inmates in North Kern State Prison, located 150 miles north of Los Angeles, I'm here voluntarily, accompanied by Zach Zahn, a man on a mission to bring dogs into every U.S. prison. Scow is the founder of Paws Drive Change, a rehabilitation program that pairs rescue dogs with inmates. He began the pilot program in California City Cornerfield facility in 2016, teaching inmates to become dog trainers, and it's now been rolled out in more into four more California state prisons. Good job. To date, more than 300 men have graduated from the program and roughly 200 dogs from high kill shelters have been re rescued and adopted as a result of the inmates work with them. The shelters accept any animal regardless of their age or circumstance, but they do emphasize a certain percentage if they can't rehome, rehome them. 17 of the program's human graduates have been paroled, and so far, none have returned to prison. The majority of the dogs they've trained have been awarded the Canine Good Citizen Certification in recognition of good behavior and obedience. Two of the, the canine graduates have been certified as therapy dogs, and several others are in training to be service dogs with military veterans. Good job. I joined the second week of a 14-week course in North Kern together with two dozen inmate students. Heard trainer Robert Vendora and Scon. I've been in some form of education my whole life. School, university, drama, school, therapist, train, training, college. But what I witness in terms of student engagement is unprecedented. In every classroom I've ever sat in, there's been a healthy proportion of students checking their phones, looking at the windows, chatting, or grabbing a few winks. At North Kern, however, the students are totally engaged, taking copy, copies, notes, asking questions, and sharing knowledge. To have made it to the course, they've had, they have to submit essays on what they bring to the program and why they want to do it. The only inmates excluded are those who have been convicted of violence against animals or sexual assault. While the man leads the session, he frequently hands over the program to the mentors, men who've already completed the course several times. In terms of attentiveness to the, their cringe chain, changes, charge, charges, the students would put any dedicated helicopter parent to shame. They give detailed accounts of bowel movements, how one dog won't eat in front of other people, how another won't go to the toilet until all the others have gone first. Scow explains that the corpse part of the program involves the students. He never refers to them as inmates. Rather, the trainees are rescuers. Be aware of and identifying their own 
emotional state stages at any given time. Animals don't follow unbalanced energy. So we need the guys to be able to recognize if they're off center and cru crucially how to get themselves on level again. Okay, I'm going to stop there. But I want to know, in your cases, what, uh, what animal services do you know are used, are, are used in your community? And what do you think about animals being used to train criminals? I would really like to know your thoughts. Please leave them below. Moving on. This is from the Asia Insider. And I'm, before we get started, I'm going to put a link up, up here about a, a story I covered last week and the week before. Last week, the Chinese went to the Philippines. Then a few days before that, they, they sunk a Vietnamese boat. And now they are in Malaysian waters in the South China Sea. Okay, so let's read this article, then I will give my thoughts. China's Haizing 8 entered waters near Malaysia on Thursday, according to the ship's tracking website, Marine Traffic. On Friday, it was close to the Petrins operated West Campella, according to the security sources, who did not want to be identified because they were not authorized to talk to the media. One of the sources said the Vietnamese vessel was also tagged, the West Capilla. The area is close to the waters claimed by both Vietnam and Malaysia, as well as China, by China. Through, through its sweeping claim to most of the South China Sea, within its U-shaped nine-dash line, that is not recognized by its neighbors or most of the world. The United States has accused China of taking advantage of the distraction by the coronavirus pandemic advance in presence of the South China Sea. I don't think that China is necessarily taking advantage of this problem. I think they cause it so they, they can handle internal and external affairs. But that's just my opinion. So, on uh, Wednesday, a uh, Chinese foreign minister spokesperson said Haizing 8 was conducting normal activities and accused US, U.S. officials of smearing Beijing. <laughs> uh, Malaysian security source said the Haizing DZ-8 was flanked on one point by Friday by more than 10 Chinese vessels. Well, that's a lot of boats including those be begin belonging to the Marine militia and the Coast Guard. That source also mentioned the Vietnamese vessel. The Malaysian Prime Minister also office, the Defense Ministry patrons did not respond to the request for comment. Zulu Matson, the head of Malaysia's Marine Time Enforcement Agency, confronted the Heisen 8, that was Malaysian waters for the language daily report said. Okay, we do we do not know its purpose, but it's not carrying out any activities against the law, he said, according to the report. 
The foreign ministers of China and Vietnam did not immediately respond to the request for comment. The Heising 8 was, was 324 kilometers, 200 miles off the Malaysian coast, within Malaysia's exclusive economic zone. Remember the EEZ zone. The traffic district. Okay, so actually, if you're there that far, 200 miles is like the line. If you go to 199, you actually are in, crossing the borders into somebody's country. It it was flanked by a Chinese congested vessel as it moved its high-shaped pattern consistent with carrying out the survey as it was did during the 10 standoff in the Vietnamese waters last year. The West Capella was not visible on the tracking data, but security sources said the vessel was in the Asia, or in the area. The Asia Marine Transparency, a Washington D.C. based think tank, has signaled the presence there since last October. Okay, so well, no, I kind of want to pick stop here, but this is what I want to say. You know, the current Malaysia government, they, they he actually spoke against China because um, China was giving Malaysia a lot of money for the old prime minister. And almost like 95% of the GDP was going to pay China's uh, economic package to Malaysia. So the current prime minister ran against the old one and he won because he didn't want his country to go into debt. Then, like a six months a year after he got in office, he then bowed his head and he took Chinese money and resources. Now, Philippines, you know, again, as my other video shows, they told the U.S. go away. We want China money. We want China things. So again, when China when China enters their water, they have to look the other way. Vietnam was the one that was a little different. Vietnam, whether this medical crisis or the past, they have not taken anything from China. So they they don't have to say anything. But um, so that is my question for you. What do you say? What do you say when you welcome insane tourist money and businesses and even concurrently medical supplies from the enemy? And then complain that they are telling you to look the other way and let us do as we please. That's my question for you. Do you think that they have, that Philippines, Malaysia have a place to speak? Or should they just bow because, hey, we just saved your life? Leave your comments below. Hey, moving on. As you know, many people are socially distancing themselves these days. And because of that... They are working from home. But how are you telling your wife or your kids to leave you alone? You know, a while ago, I recall seeing a story on um, YouTube about a PC gamer. And he was doing his Twitch live stream. And when he was doing that, his girlfriend or wife was not giving him attention. And therefore, she like hit him over the head with a cooking pan or something and, and was throwing stuff at him. It was on video camera. So that caused a big controversy and uproar, and it was also on tape, so uh, police got involved. But this is the article that came up today. No joke. A Thai family tapes their child to the floor so dad can work from home in peace. That actually kind of looks funny.
you know, this, this right here reminds me of my uh, my older brothers when I was a kid. Sometimes they would like duct tape me. Like they would like duct tape my mouth and they duct tape my hands, you know, like in handcuff wise or my feet. One time they duct taped me to uh, the front yard tree. So there was no way I was going anywhere. And duct tape is like that. So well, worse than that. All right. So the Thai family tapes the child to the floor so dad can work from home in peace. Kids are a bundle of joy until you've got an important Zoom meeting with your boss. Boss. And they just can't seem to sit still, that is. In a series of photos shared on Facebook, a mess of toys and an overturned chair can be seen scattered across the room. A young girl lies in the middle of it, all held down by clear adhesive tape with a pillow and a cushion on her head. Meanwhile, a man in the background clanks away on his laptop. Mom is cooking, dad is working, daughter is lying on the living room floor. Her mother wrote in a, pro in a post, the child, if anything, seems pretty content with the arrangement if her expression is anything to go by. Okay, so what do you think? Can I do that with like my nieces and nephews? Oh, I would enjoy that. And I'm going to move on to something just as more on more a positive note. Okay, now, as you may have seen in other videos, there has been many places like Vietnam and Malaysia and Singapore and a few other countries, even New Zealand. They said couples cannot get married because the couples will uh, attract crowds for weddings and therefore, you know, you can't have more than 10 people, five people in a room there because it can spread the virus. So some people have actually gone to jail for this. So this is something that happened today. The Connor virus in a in a first for Malaysia, a couple exchanged wedding vows in a virtual ceremony. Penching Jakarta. The online movement restriction in Malaysia has not deterred couples from tying the knot. Newlywed Mohammed Danhani Du Punta in National Asha Mahad Sheriff became the first local couple to go through the Akid Kinid or marriage solemn, solemn mystery ceremony via online conferencing on Saturday, April 18th. Malaysia is the de facto Islamic affairs, Zulakak, whatever, was at the bride's home, said the wedding ceremony took place online following the guided guidelines provided by the authorities. It's interesting, it, as it only took less than 15 minutes the effort is in line with the decision of the National Fava Council for Regulations Affairs in Malaysia to allow the solemnization ceremony to be conducted online. Hmm. So, all right, so this Facebook group. I wonder if it means you get to have a honeymoon or not. I don't know. What do you think? The, the country on Saturday entered its 32nd day of Movement Control Order, MCO that bans most Malaysians from traveling unless on essential business 
and stops people from gathering in groups. In videos posted on Dubak Zur Sofik Facebook's page, the groom Mohammed was seated apart from his two family members in the living room of his family. The bride Amish was in her family's living room when the minister and the father were named were not given. Okay. The couple sat in front of the television screens looking at each other's image via a video conferencing application. App I guess application, yeah. App is probably better though. The couple responded to reactions of their marriage vows with the minister as a witness. No details of the happy couple's uh, ages, occupations, or locations were given. All right. So how do you think about that? Is that going to be like the new trend? Getting married online? I can kind of see this happening. Gosh, you like you know how not necessarily, not necessarily mail order brides, but like you know how they have some of those people. Oh baby, I love you. Oh baby, I love you. They could be from America to Brazil or America to Russia. And then do an online wedding and then hey, just pick her up at the port or don't even pick her up. Just hey, when you're knocked off, uh, she'll still get half your assets. But anyway, I congratulate you for being the first to get married online. And here's my question for you pertaining these two stories. How does your child interrupt you? Or how do you know to leave, leave uh, how do they know to leave you alone when you're working? And what have you done to entertain them or keep them busy while you work? Please leave your comments below. I would really like to know. On with the next article of the day. And this is probably going to be the most serious article of the day I do. And potentially the one thing that could be long-lasting after this whole thing goes away. And this is the, how the virus divorced couples face child access and maintenance issues during the circuit breaker period. Now, this technically circuit breaker means Singapore. But I have pulled articles of the same topic up in California, in um, many other countries of all Southeast Asia. But I decided finally to include today's article because I wanted to talk about this topic. As you know, at least in many Western cultures, lawyers will do whatever they can to exploit money or resources out of one party or the other. And if anything, they try to limit men's access or give excuses or whatever. So let's read the article in Singapore. Once divorced father said, one divorced father said he was anxious that he would not be able to see his children again. Even after the circuit breaker period ends, his ex-wife has denied him child access during this time. Another divorced father who has lost his job amid the, the virus outbreak worries that he will not be able to pay the monthly maintenance amount that and be taken to court by his ex-wife. Divorce ex-spouses the smartest times spoke to, to and they said they were facing difficult times during this period. You know, just as a little background info, no, I have no wife, I have no kids, but 
You know, when I learned with a very young age that if I marry a woman, I would have to support her that pay level through my whole life. I, even as like a teenager, was like, well, what, you know, there's no guarantee for that. There's no guarantee I'll be earning that $50,000 from today till I'm 65 or 80. So to me, that was illogical and I was not willing to give up my freedom or put myself behind a barrel of a gun to uh, make somebody else happy. Because happiness comes within you, not, not by being with me. So while the Minister of Health guidelines state that access to arrangements are allowed to continue such as if children talk, well, children take turns to, to live with either parent, the ministry also said to keep children changes to a minimum where possible to lower the risk of transmission across different households. In particular, and in particular, cases when ex-spouses have an accumulous relationship sorting out child access and maintenance payments during this period it's not clear so that's a whole nother issue the maintenance payments you do realize that they find the u.s is like 30 25 30 percent lost their job and you know what when they get a new job they're gonna much less Let's forget that there was like, I don't know, 70,000 just in Laos and Thailand, all over the world. So do you, so I don't know how these maintenance payments should be worked out, but I do think it, they should honestly just be 100% abolished because the family should not be broken up regardless. A family together needs less resources and it's a better outcome for the child and the child supersedes the parents. Family lawyer, Ryan Charter, of Ryan Charter LLP said in normal times some people would use a bit of a sniffles or sickness to deprive their ex-spouses access to their children. For those who want to default to excess order, this is a perfect time. Yeah. Oh my God, Johnny, Johnny has a runny nose. He might have this disease. Or Johnny came back from your house with the sniffle. You may have got him sick. I'm calling the lawyers on you. Yeah, so we know how this can turn out. And it's not going to be in the child's best favor. Access is a particular problem when we are facing in Singapore, even without the COVID-19 situation. Many ex-spouses, in particular fathers who are usually in this situation, since care, since care and control is usually granted to the mother, are going to end up this month without access or be very unhappy. And while I while I feel sad for the fathers, the fathers never rally together. They never demonstrate. They never vote. So part of it, their problem is their fault for not asking for anything. Even before the circuit breaker period began, Jimmy was given time with his two kids only on Sundays. But his ex-wife, even though the court had granted him access Saturday overnight till Sunday, but now she has cut off access completely, citing concerns about the family's safety if the children should, should or shuffle between households. I only have a few precious hours with with of time with them each week now i'm worried that i won't see my kids even ever even after this and said jimmy who just 
decline to give details. Now, again, like I said, this this will probably go. They'll probably implement new rules and regulations that will far last after, even after vaccines for this virus are implemented. In response, queries of ST, the Family Justice Courts, said parents should communicate with each other through lawyers or work together to find practical and suitable solutions to access issues, bearing in mind the best interest of the children and the need to comply with the government measures. The court re reminded parents to cooperate with each other and act sensibly and safely in all arrangements made for the children. Yeah, well, you know, this is, this is one interesting thing. You know, the, the Singapore is a kind of Western thinking. You know, like in some Asian countries like Vietnam, they have no family court. In, it's, you guys got to deal with it outside of the court. The government does not want, want to, nor do they have time to hear your problems. In a way, it's kind of for the better. If there are no agreement, agreements... Despite the best efforts, parents can write in jointly to the courts with their views or apply for variations or sus suspension of access orders. The court should be a last resort in partner parenting matters. The law pr practice family law of Donna Tan said, despite the guidelines, that there were several scenarios where these parents would face a problem. Ex-couples have not already established access orders with the courts, including couples in the midst of divorce proceedings. Maybe they should stop their divorce and stay together. Would, would have to come to an intern agreement for this period. Those, those who would have supervised access to the uh, divorce support specialist agencies would also have access to suspend the these centers and you know, they're closed during the circuit breaker period. You know, it's kind of funny because um, we're talking about these divorce lawyers. You know how there's a pandemic going on worldwide, right? Just last week, Japan lawyers offered all um, couples who are thinking about divorce, like all housewives, because you know you're living together. They offered all the housewives a free apartment for like the duration of the lockdown to see how they like living solo and if they like that they can come to their office afterwards to file a divorce so even in japan they're actually promoting women to get divorced these uh okay so and others are facing problems including those who have access to arrangements to have been with their ex-spouses to meet the children outside of such cafes but the cafes are closed these parents could try to move to video call contact with the potential for more physical access with their children after the circuit breaker ends. Now, I don't know about that because, you know, I have I have uh, read stories about like military men from America. They're overseas and, and they're doing video calls with their wife back home or their kids back home. And the kids just tune out to, the, to these video calls. So I don't recommend video calls. What I would recommend is what he said. People were actually doing like water paints or write, handwriting letters. They were sending the pictures. They were actually doing more hands-on things versus the video calls. Because video calls, meh, they were not too popular. 
So anyway, what do you think? Do you think that these new this virus will set a new trend for women to walk away and make it harder for men and women and children combined? Will people take advantage of the situation and profit off of your misery? Please leave your comments below. And I have one more question for you on top of that. How would you how are you dealing with your court your court and family visitation are you able to visit are you able to meet those family the child custody payments can you meet those and how would you feel if your partner put your child at risk to get sick what can you we do to make everyone happy in the family and safe again please leave your comments below moving on to the last article well two articles of the day about the last segment as you may know i tried to bring you e-entertainment things that are available on the internet that you can do for free and so in this case i have two new ones today i offered singapore a singapore tour uh link above where you can take a tour of singapore for free from your home now today harvard university is offering free online classes to those who sign up. So yes, you can say you attended Harvard University. So let's read this real fast. Um, amid the COVID-19 pandemic, Harvard University, a private Ivy League research university in Cambridge, Massachusetts, is offering 67 free online courses for those who want to expand their knowledge and master new skills during self-quarantine. Those interested in applying can simply visit the university's website and view the catalog online learning Harvard EBU. So yes, you can visit this art this link right here and it'll take you to the classes that they offer. The courses range from a duration from a week to 15 weeks with subjects that include programming, health and medicine, social science, computer science, art and design, business and humanities, and many more. Although the classes are free, they require you a commitment from the online students. Once you choose a subject, a list of programs will appear as an option with duration, time commitment, pace, and difficulty level specified. After choosing a course, an application form must be filled out to get access to the course material. Since the outbreak, many institutions and companies have been working towards keeping the public educated and productive through the e-learning institutes. Among them is a Tokyo-based optics and imaging product cooperation, Niki, who recently launched free online photography courses that are available through through April. Okay, so we're, so we're in April. So you can get these courses as well through Nikki in Japan. Now that is for you adults. But guess what? You're telling me. I have kids. Well, guess what? My kids will drive me crazy. And I don't want to tape them down like that, like the person in the video we saw earlier. So now we come over here. Preschools develop bring resources for families to access during the circuit breaker period again circuit breaker period is singapore but these classes are free globally 
and I will show you the link in a minute. Sing Singapore. Preschools across Singapore are developing and sharing home-based learning resources for children so they can continue their formative learning at home during the circuit breaker period. In a Facebook post on Sunday, April 19th, the Minister of Social and Family Development, Demolish Lee, highlighted some of the digital resources for the parents of children enrolled in preschools can use. Mr. Lee thanked the preschoolers, teachers, who volunteered who developed the resources and welcomed the coronavirus outbreaks taking place across early development children in development sector in response to the outbreak. The resources were put together by NTUC First Campus in partnership with the Early Child Development Agency and operate, operators. Okay. Parents can visit this website for resources from the MOE and five preschoolers operations, including My Rural Pre Preschool and PAP Community. The F Families for Life Council has organized a series of Facebooks for families, which air a Facebook Live program featuring the Deputy Director General Education. On the program, Ms. Snug will discuss home-based learning and take live questions from viewers. The series features daily program with family and childhood development experts. Families of Life Council Facebook channel also indulge in programming activities including storytelling, art, jumping, and Kids for Kids series. Parents can also access home-based learning through Camazer's website through Camazer's mobile app. These activities are categorized according to the age groups so parents can find materials best suited. The website is useful for parents looking to continue their children's mother tongue learning during this period. General services at all preschools and student care centers are have been suspended since April 8th and they'll, be, they'll reopen May 4th. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. So I gave you in an hour, and I'm not going to totally stop because this is what I do want to give you. Here were the websites. They had Singapore together for nursery for eight for nursery two students. They had home activities for kindergartens to first and second grade home activities for infants to kindergarten for all ages and for ages okay and then for the preschools and this website was uh, will be in the links in my description okay i will put this in the description under my e-learning section as well so do something with your kids get involved and i hope everybody has a wonderful day well that will conclude Loyal World News. Thank you for spending your time with me today. Feel free to like, subscribe, or drop a comment below. If you're on the go, listen to my podcast with the link provided in the description. I will see you tomorrow to share more world news.